All right, Frank, all we need to do now is open up the notes application and then just at me, just say at James, and then I'll, and then you'll share the, you'll, everything for this podcast will be shared, all those 20 pages of notes that you took on your iPad Pro. Ah, uh, ah, uh, okay, so at James. Just like Twitter, just like Twitter. Yeah, and that's going to go to every James on the planet? Uh, yes, yep. Okay, cool, cool. That's what I was expecting. Okay. I think it goes to every James in your in your contact list. But as we all know, I'm the only James in your life, right? <laughs> uh, I'm neither going to confirm or deny. That's the right response, right? Uh, <laughs> Hi, James. It's a WWDC episode. It's One of those. WWDC <laughs> Developer Conference. The tw- it's like 29th uh, edition or something like that. Uh, we're up to iOS 38. And Mac OS 414. So, yeah, right, right around there. You know, it, it upsets me that they just won't change watchOS to be watchOS 15. They should change Mac OS to match iOS. Like, let's get over these version number things. I honestly can't. And then there's Xcode. Yep. So did Xcode 12 just come out or Xcode 13 just come out? 13. 13 is out. Okay, but we're on iOS... 15 and we're on mac os Ooh, monterey we don't know the version of number it. yeah it's 12 it's is it 12, 12. Oh, it okay. is yeah i went all in this wwdc i want to show you my wwdc spirit here i have installed all the betas i'm just like you know what it's been a pandemic the betas are going on uh, I have not had the guts to do it on my dev machine or my primary phone, but I've done um, my little MacBook M1 Air, and I did my iPad. And you know what? They're working fine. It was um, kind of the perfect WWDC year where the operating systems did not radically change, <laughs> and it's all just incremental improvements. I believe I said that last year, and I'm still enjoying it. As an app developer, I love the stability that we're getting right now. That's cool. I uh, was talking to one of my good friends, Alex Blount, at the office, and, and by office, I mean Teams, and he was like, oh, did you did you get did you install everything? And I was like, no, I'm a GA person, man. I don't even, I don't even do public <laughs> previews. I don't, you're the crazy uh, because here's the thing is my MacBook pro, I had to, when we had the, uh, the DTK, the developer tool transition mm. thingy, I needed to try to unlock it and, and upgrade it. And the only way to do that right. was to put your system on the latest big Sur preview and do this stuff. And now it's on the developer views. I don't know how to get it all, Frank, but it won't matter because I will never be getting Monterey because my MacBook pro will not get the update. You know, it, it's harder than you expect. In fact, my iPad last time got stuck into the betas, and every time it would try to update, it would lock the screen. The beta was that unstable, and so it was just stuck on the beta forever. Pro tip out there, I'm sure you've had to deal with this, but if you're on a Mac, there is a profile that gets installed somewhere that gives you access to the betas. Find where that profile's installed. It could be a million different places, and kill it (laughs) delete it (laughs) um same thing goes for on your ios device somewhere in there they seem to move it every year it's maybe under general maybe under developer there's a bunch of profiles find it delete it reboot the operating system just a pro tip out there every year i have to remember how to do this (laughs) i i should update the m1 
uh, MacBook Air, I think, and and install it just for funsies. I think that would, I think why not? It's not my main development machine. I could test things out. I don't know David. He he tweeted a photo of Monterey working with um, .NET six and .NET MAUI and Catalyst and all that and Android emulator. So that has me positive uh, already. I guess. Yeah, uh, not to bury the lead here, but they just went really fast through the iOS and macOS updates in the beginning of the keynote of the conference. Mm. And I took that as a great sign in that not much changed, (laughs) which why I was actually feeling comfortable about putting the beta versions on because I was like, you know what? Doesn't look like they changed much. I bet you it's pretty stable. And it has been. I barely even notice it. What I will say is the improvements to the iPad have been uh, the biggest and most beneficial. But how do you want to do this? Do you want to talk about the keynote? You want to talk about the dev stuff? What are you interested in? No, I want to talk about. No, I guess I do want to talk about one of those things. <laughs> I want to talk. <laughs> I, you know, we we could in the past. We've just jumped in and we've broken down the keynote line by line. The keynote was fascinating. It was two hours long, and it was an hour and forty minutes of non-developer things mostly. And then it was 20 minutes of developer things because there's the platforms talk later. And that's where I want to talk, start because to me as a developer, this is what I'm very uh, interested in, 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 in there was three parts to it. There was uh cloud build Xcode cloud. Oh yeah. Swift. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Swift playgrounds inside there and then new APIs. And I want to start Frank with Xcode, X, Xcode Cloud. I don't use Xcode, but <laughs> Xcode Cloud, because we've lived in an IDE for a long time that's had many, many integrations into different CI <laughs> systems and publishing and all sorts of good stuff. But Apple did the most Apple-y thing ever, and they went the most full end-to-end that I've ever seen in my entire life of, of like a CI CD pipeline, yeah. pretty much. Turns out they're really good at user interfaces. That Apple company, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, in in some ways, I I was not at all interested in this, James. Like you said, it, you got me on the CI bandwagon. We 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 talked to CI. We used to do a bunch of episodes on CI. I think I just kind of got bored with it eventually, and also GitHub Actions came out where mm. we've been building in Xcode on the cloud for years now, but. As you say, it's the UI. <laughs> like they knocked it out of the park for uh, kind of define here are your steps for how to build your app. They, of course, have a template that will hopefully cross your fingers, work for all your stuff. Otherwise, looked like they had some kind of workflow builder that looked like kind of the normal workflow builders. But miraculously, because they have taste, it wasn't a YAML file. I think that's all you're noticing is it just wasn't a YAML file. No, it's it's a huge XML file that's not human readable, just like a storyboard. Boom. That's not even a boom. That's a, I don't, okay. Shots fired. That's what that is. Uh, (laughs) Very good. Very good. Uh, They did a good job and it makes sense. Like they have a giant uh, cloud infrastructure. You know, they, they know how to run services. They figured it out over the years. And certainly there must be lots of developers uh, in the Xcode world on that um, iOS world who aren't taking advantage of all the CI servers, which is kind of sad because I remember when um, 
boy, I use it all the time. What, what's the Microsoft um, Analytics uh, one? App Insights. Not App that Center. one. The, the, yeah, the cutesy one that fed into App Insights, App Center. Yeah. I had a wonderful UI for building um, not just Xamarin apps, not just .NET apps, but also um, uh, native, Swift, Objective-C, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. apps. Uh, they've supported that forever. And I hope people were using it, but it's also good to get a good UI. Yeah, you know, I, I think what this does is it lowers the barrier of entry for a lot of developers. And we don't know the cost, we don't know the fees, because it also has UI testing on simulators and it has reporting oh, right. back and test test flight integration also on a Mac. Frank, test flight on a Mac? Ooh. Well, this is a whole different topic. This one I'm truly, truly excited for. <laughs> um, I was honestly just... Um, making fun of test flight because I was getting one of my apps approved for test flight and it took like four or five days. And I'm like, mm. what is this? Like, this is a weird beta service. But at the same time, they solve so many beta service problems for yeah. you. You know, they solve installation, they solve me tracking, they even give me URLs to give out to people. And this is none of that has been available for Mac. <laughs> which has meant that I've had a very limited beta testing group of the Mac apps because sure, I can sign a Mac app and notarize it. And then when you double click on it, it probably won't run anyway. Like I, I just have the hardest time distributing Mac apps. And this is a, a great relief. I haven't, I feel like with Apple, it's always like a little give and take. So I haven't watched the WWDC video on it yet. So I'm just hoping that it works exactly like the iOS one, because mm. that was perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I agree. And, so, and, and so the X cloud, X code cloud, the X cloud, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like, which <laughs> go, is like, go with that. Let's well, X, X cloud is the Xbox cloud. So for, oh, yeah, so they, they can use it. that Microsoft. Microsoft got. It. If um, only we could find new words. <laughs> the Xcode Cloud, not a tongue twister at all. It, uh, I, I think it looks it looks great, and I think that a lot of these services have been available in like a Visual Studio esque way or in GitHub or things like that where you live. Um, it brings it closer into your your Xcode IDE, so I like that, and I think it'll other companies and other CI/CD services will just step their game up and add more extensions into where people are working and things, I'd assume. Uh, it is a really nice end-to-end demo. I really enjoyed it uh, overall. I think you're right. I think that there's, I think that a lot of people are still very early in their CI/CD process. And every new developer, it's the last thing you think about because you don't think about it until you're getting ready to ship an app and you're like, oh, I got all these other things. So what about this? Okay, let me just right-click and publish. And, and because it's easy to do, I was just in, um, I have an Azure function and I have it all building and packaging and I was like, okay, I'm ready for it to deploy. And, and I was like, oh, how come it's not deploying? I was like, oh, because I Mm -hmm. didn't configure the deployment part of it. So I was like, oh, I could test it. I could do stuff. I'll right click publish. Okay, done. Right. And, and, you know, I should have set it up. I just, you know, wanted to get something out quick, but I do think this will probably enable more developers to, to integrate this into their pipeline if they're using Xcode and Swift and Objective-C and stuff. But, you know, I'm curious on their pricing at the end of the day, you know, are they going to have a free tier? That's one of the big things I love about pretty much every CI service I've used as an independent developer. You get so much cloud time. uh, And if you want more, you can pay for more things like that. But, and how far will that workflow go? Is it going to be stifled you know at some point or or at some point down the road will there be a yaml file frank it's a good question 
<laughs> I mean, I kind of have to start one now just to find out what the file format that they're saving to is, because it would be kind of hilarious if it was serializing to YAML. Yeah, uh, all good questions. And I don't think we're going to get an answer too soon because no. they said coming next year. So I think they're excited. I think they built a wonderful UI and I think they're still waiting for their server group <laughs> to decide what's going to happen. There are benefits, though, to having a first party build farm. You would assume that they would have the latest Xcode versions and the latest Mac OS versions. I know I'm in a funny state right now where I, I'm almost fully converted to GitHub Actions just because I find them very convenient, YAML and all. But uh, there's like the wrong version of Xcode is installed and I can't compile some library because of that. It's a problem that will be fixed in a week or a month when they update mm -hmm. the servers. And so it'd be nice to get around those little things. But truthy, 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 I'm really happy with <laughs> GitHub Actions right now. Yeah, it's a super nice service. I like things that are close to my code. It feels really nice. Uh, internally, you know, I still use a lot of Azure DevOps at work too. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I was using. And again, I even put my code in Azure DevOps for some internal projects and, you know, that are, 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 are open source and for just like stuff my team uses, you know, like little tools and little websites and things like that. Right. And uh, that is nice because it has all of it together. It has the work item tracking. It has the code. It has the it has the full end to end, and and that feels really nice uh, to get it closer to to the code. So I think GitHub is is very similar, right? Because you live and breathe inside yeah. of GitHub, and you could imagine that you know those tools even in, in the, the only tool for GitHub Actions right now is is in the browser. But they're they're naturally there could be more things. Who knows that brings it in. I don't know. I don't work Do you, on that team. It's a completely different division. I have no idea. <laughs> One could assume, uh, I guess. Do you recall if uh, not xCloud had issues integration or was it purely builds and commits and things? You know, uh, the, the Xcode cloud? Um, yes, that service. In Xcode, they showed some cool demos in which you could report a bug in test flight and then that would feed back into into xcode and show you those feedback Ooh. results but they were okay. linking they were linking to github but then like posting messages to slack i don't think it i don't know i don't think it made an issue in github you know what i mean yeah uh, but they did they could be like here's the line of code that what the problem was or whatever because they know the code so they're doing some smart things in there is what i'm thinking I've I've really gone back and forth on that in my support career of whether to have issues automatically created or not. There was definitely a nice Zen moment when I finally got rid of all the automatically created items and just mm -hmm. kept my own lists that felt so much more just, you know, brain tolerable, life goodness kind of thing. Yeah. So not, not saying I want all those features, but it is neat to see them uh, embracing more parts of the development experience than just the code. And yeah, and, and you know, the, 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 the curious thing here that I think about with the service, while I, I enjoyed everything they showed, is how many of the developers are only creating an iOS application inside of Xcode? And or iPad OS or, or Mac application. I right? would say the majority. <laughs> um, if I just had to guess off the what, top of my head. What I'm saying is they're not making a website. They're not making an Android application. I mean, 99% yeah. apps 
are making that say they're not making they're not even making an ipad app and not making a mac app it's mostly iphone oh oh, okay sorry sorry okay I, i meant like what i meant was how many companies or individuals are only building only an iPhone app and or nothing nothing else? I mean, I mean by oh. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, right. so I it's no, okay. I, I take it back. Yes, uh, they have their web service. <laughs> yeah. So, so everyone's so you, got a web service. <laughs> so the problem with this service is that while it's probably going to be awesome for this use case, sure. Yeah. That means you're going to then have multiple tools because you have multiple code bases and. Multiple your depl- API keys go in there. Your yeah. server key goes in the, there now. Yeah, well, they're going to have all those good growing pains. It will be curious to see if they make it generic, I think, is what you're getting at is yeah. if you wanted to run your entire premise, that is a very different deal than a single developer just or even three developers working on an app. Yeah, and it's like if you can if you can make it in Xcode, then it seems as though <laughs> that's what they want to support. And what Apple officially supports in Xcode, because I know you can build a lot of stuff in Swift, right? Well, I was going to say you can use iCloud also. iCloud is a nice um, data storage query system. You know, it's an online database that every user of your app has access to if they have an iCloud account. It's that little if part that always bothers me because I'm like, I would love to rely on that service, but I know there's... 10 to 20% of people out there who aren't signed into iCloud and how does your app behave then? Uh, so I think that's why you tend to go to the general purpose uh, parties, you know, yeah, your Azure's, <laughs> your Amazon's, who else makes servers? <laughs> uh, Intel, Oracle, Salesforce, all the, there's so many clouds, all the clouds out there. Did you um, see the new maps, James? I'm sorry. I got to derail us from a developer topic because those maps are gorgeous. Uh, you know, it's, it is a developer topic because I started developing iOS apps. My very first one was a map and I used the 3D engine to render it. I was mm. very excited. And their maps are gorgeous and they're nowhere near Seattle. <laughs> it's like <laughs> London and New York and, you know. Yeah all the fancy places around the world, but gosh, they look gorgeous. I, I can't wait to have those. The 3D interchanges, the road rendering, the textures on the roads, that data is hard to get. It's almost as if Apple is working on an autonomous car. <laughs> they, it's true. They have uh, very, very nice looking maps. I like that they added bicycle uh, overlays oh. and sidewalks and crossings. And if you go... If you're driving on a highway and there's a there's a, a ramp on top of you, it'll show you the the depth of it, which I thought was really cool. Like you're going yeah. under it. Uh, you know, the the tricky part with the maps, because I, you know, I only use Apple Maps. Mm-hmm. Me too. And uh well, I, I take that back. My car has terrible mapping software. In it, it does. I mostly I can, use Apple. <laughs> I can confirm that your car has the worst mapping software ever. <laughs> um the problem that I have with Apple Maps is one to to go hiking it doesn't do a very good job google maps doesn't do it either but it does a worse job and it does a very okay here's all my complaints about psa real quick you you get your thoughts together if you want hiking maps you want open street maps because they're the ones that actually have a collection of people's actually recorded gps trails and you can get apps that will overlay people's gps trails onto open street maps and those are actually some of the best hiking maps out there I like that. Yeah. Perfect. Even just getting to the trailhead is, is bad. So, okay. So Apple yeah. maps, <laughs> we hike a lot. So that, that's a problem. And 
The other one is uh, the business information. Absolutely abominable. Just absolutely terrible. Yes. Uh, it's the yes. worst. Because uh, they've integrated into Yelp. But like Yelp's old and crusty now at this point, And uh, the data and it doesn't, I don't know. It's just not the same. The Google stuff is way better. And then the last thing is there's no offline maps, like for the love, mm-hmm. like give me offline maps because I have to do it. We went on a recent trip. I talk about this in my weekly newsletter and it was <laughs> in the middle of a national forest and there's no cell phone reception on T-Mobile or Mint Mobile. And I knew this because like, it's in the middle of nowhere. And I know driving through the Pacific Northwest, when you drive over big mountain passes, there's usually no cell phone service unless you're on Verizon. And, um, Luckily, I had to download Google Maps to just do the offline map caching, and it saved the day because, you know, Apple Maps, come on, like, give me the offline maps. It's not that, I mean, it's probably hard, but you're Apple, just give them to me, you know what I'm saying, and and I'll be happy, and that was, um, they got to get on that, but I will say the new maps look very, very nice, very pleasant. Ooh, in the dark, I like how they have a dark, uh, dark night mode, which has ambient moonlighting. Yeah, yeah. That's going to look gorgeous if they do the city justice. Yeah. Hopefully they'll do that. I hope they light up the stadiums. Wouldn't that be nice? Ooh. And like if they had like real time data for like if there's a soccer match going oh. on. That'd be cool. uh. Oh, that's future talk. That's future talk. Okay. I'm going to bring us back to app development, but in a weird way, mm-hmm. there has been an upgrade to Swift Playgrounds. And James, I have a new competitor. They're, they're <laughs> Apple is finally taking development on the iPad seriously. And I I say finally here very purposefully because it's a funny word in the Apple world. Uh, we always joke that we're waiting for them to do something, and it's been clear that Swift belonged with a more mature version on the iPad than Swift Playgrounds necessarily. Swift Playgrounds is pretty cool. It's a text editor that gives you a preview of whatever you wrote. It's pretty useful, but it's not useful if you actually want to build an app. You need more of a project system. You need all that stuff. Uh, I kept trying to make a simple and simple IDE, but everyone that I talked to, they're like, well, I kind of want this feature and I kind of want that feature. So it's developers are demanding. We know what we want. There are certain expectations for how an app like this should behave. And it looks like they heard everyone and they've turned I think it's still called Swift Playgrounds, though, which is a little strange. Um, They've turned that into, I'm going to call it a proper uh, app IDE. Yeah, it's uh, Swift Playgrounds fascinating because it's no longer Swift Playgrounds. It's two apps in one. That's what they did. And and I feel (laughs) like they really should have launched two apps. I understand why they did this, because they did not want to launch Xcode for ipad they want to oh branding right marketing yeah they didn't want to commit to that so promises. maybe they have some like promises wow you you've gotten good at that pm job james because <laughs> because that's the thing is you know if you if you put the words there people are going to assume mm-hmm. that it's the same thing mm-hmm. even if you tell them it's not they're going to yeah. say why isn't it this other thing so if there's called... my storyboard editor <laughs> yeah exactly so they made it so it's only Swift, obviously. Now, it's still education. I mean, the the other part is that Swift Playground is all about education, teaching people Swift. And that it's great, right? But they took it to this next level, which is it's a full app builder with app logic and the ability to compile and uh, submit an app directly uh, to the app store. Oh, and also, by the way, Frank, you can you can open your projects that you created in Swift Playgrounds 
in Xcode on a Mac. So <sighs> I don't know what app store policies they're changing to make their logistics oh, here legal. Um, but they, I feel like they're about to open a whole can of worms for every single one of these applications. In case, uh, my groaning wasn't coming through, allow me to explain a little bit of my groaning here. There are a lot of things that we, as IDE developers, there are a bunch of us, there are a lot of IDEs available on the iPad. Uh, we groan because we have been denied, uh, the ability to do all this stuff. It's been technically possible for quite a while now. I mean, Apple even has APIs to upload binaries to test flight. You know, it's there. It's baked in. But because of policy, we are not allowed to do it. Uh, yeah, that's about it. There, there's other weird things about signing, which Apple doesn't have to deal with because they can just sign their things magically. Um, but, you know, we're smart. We could have figured out the signing thing, too. <laughs> and uh, so what you're saying is, is, are, is Apple granting themselves an exception or are they going to change the rules to allow IDE developers like myself and others to also maybe partake in a little bit of this glory or what what do you think James I don't know because you know the policy always was you can't uh you can't run compiled code right you can you can't you can run interpreted code but you can't well, there, right. there is a technical, well, no, let's, okay, let's start ahead. with, there is a technical thing, a technical limitation, and there is a policy limitation. Got it. Okay. Hit me. You, you the, know better than yeah. I do at this point. <laughs> the technical limitation is that you are not allowed to run a JIT. And what does that actually means? It means that you cannot execute code from memory that you wrote to. That mm. is the actual technical limitation. The policy uh, actually has pretty much nothing to do with that. The policy is more like you are not allowed to download code off of the internet and just execute it, execute it willy nilly, mm. not allowed. Um, and then the submitting to the app store is a little bit even more side tangential to that. We all just know that no app that uses the Apple API has been accepted into the app store. You use that API, they don't let you in, period, end of story. So technical reasons policy reasons, app review reasons. There's a few more lines in the user agreement that are questionable, but you can usually argue around. And honestly, they have other internal arguments <laughs> for it, but th those are the big policies that this app completely breaks. Lucky for them. <laughs> yeah. It, so I, I did get an email from Apple today about all of the changes in um, coming okay. to the, to the review. So I don't know if one was in there. It was very long. It was very surprising. Next uh, episode of merge conflicts will be all legalese. We're just going to read every line of the developer agreement. <laughs> I'm sure that's what exactly everybody wants to hear. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I did get that email. You probably got it too. Uh, if you probably just search for Apple, um, yeah. and yeah, update, it just came, it's called updates to the app store review guidelines, program license agreement, schedules, and Apple developer. And there's a lot in here. Um, I thought that the exception was in section 16 dot two, 16, 15 dot something. Well, they never highlight the differences. So you, you always have to know what the last agreement was to find mm. anything. I, don't I swear know. I got that email, but I am just totally not finding it right now. 
I'll forward it to you. Just see, so I got but it. I'm one sure day it's ago. exciting. I'm sure it's exciting. All right, open your email. <laughs> I will Fat. get to work on continuous version two. Everyone, prepare to rebuy it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, so, anyways, I, I don't know what they're going to do. It's it's going to be something, and I'm very, very, very uh, into seeing what happens here because there are a lot of changes, and I do think that perhaps they will have to loosen things up without getting around their own, uh, you know, policy. Then that's what they do. That's fine. It, they're like, it's time. It's been 15 years. It's time to loosen that restriction. So maybe we'll be able to do some stuff. But anyways, I, I thought that I thought Swift Pl- Playgrounds was great. Uh, well, cool. It's cool. They did a great job. I am totally stealing some user interface things from them. <laughs> ooh, 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 but Frank, but do you think it's, here's the question I, I kept, I heard on, tech meme and a few other podcasts was, but is it, is it, is it a real tool? Like, are you, are people going to build real apps for it, you know, or is it an app builder? Oh, I, I know. Yeah. There, I guess there is that spectrum. No, these are real tools. This is real programming on a real device. It doesn't get any more real than this. What I think that they're, they're objecting to is that you are not suffering at a command line. Hmm. And to them, I say poo poo, like the command line it's a sin and we've been stuck with it for a long time. <laughs> you should be programming in an IDE and it's an IDE. We don't know things like, does it have breakpoints? Can it catch first chance exceptions? You know, is it a good IDE? That's a whole different question. But no, that is straight Swift code in the same way that continuous is straight C sharp code. Anything that you can think of, you can write in it. Maybe it doesn't come with all the libraries that you want. And you're going to have to write left pad yourself. But aside from that, I think you're going to be good to go. Got it. Maybe it doesn't have the Facebook SDK. Like, I'm sure Apple did not ship the Facebook SDK with it. Yeah, you know, that's going to be the the part is like, can you use Swift packages and other libraries? I mean, you can open those projects in Xcode, but there's the (laughs) conundrum. Yep, because, yeah, definitely the package systems open a whole new can of worms. That's another part where I've never had the guts to put it into NuGet or (laughs) put NuGet into Continuous. Um, Yeah, because of basically the App Store. But if they do it, you know what I'm doing. (laughs) That said, you can go a very, very long way with only Apple APIs. So, Yeah, they just keep introducing more and more APIs. Can you imagine? It's kind of fun. I think we're up to like four machine learning libraries at this point. I, I was really watching for them to add like a fifth this year. I was like, you can do it. You can get another one in there. It's possible. Come on, Apple. You got this. Uh, all right, let's talk about can Swift I... really quick. Can we talk about Swift? Oh, uh, sure. Did anything change in Swift? Concurrency. This is a new thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I do, how do you... Okay, how do you feel about, you know, we've had the TPL, the Task Parallel Library, and mm-hmm. Async Away for a long time, but I feel as though everybody just calls it concurrency. Should we just be always saying concurrency, or do other people call it different things? A no, lot of, it, no, it's different. They're nothing to do with each other. Okay. Um, so um, <laughs> they're always solving that same problem, right? So concurrency means you, you want to do two things at the same time. Yeah. Async and away are more about synchronization. Mm. They're more about I'm waiting for this. I'm, I need to start this thing and I need to wait until it ends. Yeah. It says absolutely nothing about 
how many of them you're going to run at the same time. Mm. Now, there are things in the TPL called schedulers <laughs> and schedule contexts and things like that. And the task system itself built on schedulers, that does care about concurrency. So if you have two CPUs, it can spin up two threads and achieve concurrency. But if you only have one CPU and you spin up 10 threads, guess what? You're not getting any concurrency. You're just getting a nice scheduler that can put things in a good order. And the reason that scheduler is important is because we're not just doing CPU work. We're often waiting on I.O. We're waiting on the network. We're waiting on the hard drive. We're waiting on all that stuff. So synchronization is hard. We need better tools to solve synchronization. Got it. Got it. Boom. And that's how we got async and await. Someone invented it. I heard it came from F-sharp. I'm just going to take an F-sharp thing there. <laughs> I don't honestly remember who invented uh, async and await, but it was a glorious invention because every programming language has copied it <laughs> ever since then. And most of them implemented in roughly the same way that it was implemented in uh, .NET in F-sharp and C-sharp. The way Swift implemented is a bit different because they don't have a garbage collector. They can't be as willy-nilly. That's the second time I use that word today. Weird. <laughs> um, they actually have to pay attention a little more to ownership, who's in control, all that stuff, because mm. they take very careful control of their memory. They don't. It's a lie. But they pretend to. And so uh, they have a solution that is way more compiler-based than C-sharp. C-sharp definitely has a lot of compiler support to make it work. But it's not really that fancy of a feature beyond that little bit of a compiler trick. This one went much deeper into the language where they were able to... You know, I, I can't even describe the transformations too well because I honestly didn't understand them. I thought they worked one way. And then literally a person who works on the language is like, no, that's not how we did it. And I was like, oh. And he pointed me to a paper that was like really complicated. I was like, oh. <laughs> but um, it is through a bit of magic in the compiler. It transforms your code. It's not quite as advanced as the C-sharp and F-sharp ones. You can't put a weight on any old expression. It has to be assigned to a variable at the time that you call a weight. Uh, it does have the same kind of limitation as C-sharp. You have to mark the whole method as async. But then they did take one step a little further than .NET did, and I appreciate this. They did async and await. That's great. And then they also introduced an actor model that mm. made using async and await really safe. It's good stuff. Yeah, I saw that. I also saw this. They're really into this thing called guard. They're guard. I think you're guarding something on, on Swift. Guard. It's been around. Guard. guard is a backwards if. Yeah. It's kind of funny. The false branch is at top. It's weird. At the top. It's so that you don't get nested code because they do a lot of uh, error result checking. They don't use... Um, exceptions the way we like to just throw exceptions so <laughs> they do a lot of guard 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 it's just it's an opposite style of a bunch of nested ifs it's a stylistic thing honestly i don't like the style i don't like it i i thought i liked guard when it was first introduced but the way swift code reads to me now is a little bit ugly yeah to be honest i actually really like the language so that, don't take that as an insult i'm just saying Guard itself and the style, I don't like. 
I appreciate the other feature they got, which is multi-targeting support with ifdefs in this release of <laughs> Swift. By the way, I thought this was actually really neat I, uh, uh, in general because you can do if pound if iOS, then you can write some iOS code in there. It's new. It's hotness. That's actually new. I thought they had that in the last version. They've actually had pretty good cross-platform stuff. Like you could say, if iOS 13, if Mac OS 12, yeah. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. That's what they said. Um, That's what they said. They showed a lot of cool new stuff too, like accessibility support and different, you know, know, Swift UI improvements, all good, good stuff in general. And talked about, you know, improvements to simplified UI and the, you know, simulator and all the stuff in the previews and dynamic replacements. There's all a lot of stuff uh, in there. Um, yeah. I don't know. Swift. Okay. It's there. They're all in. Yeah. Um, the Swift UI is looking good. I I watched, they had like three or four videos on it. It's definitely a nice little thing. Yeah. It's kind of funny because the majority of the videos use UI kit, but then the Swift UI people come up. So it's, it's fun. There, there's still a little bit of a mix within the company. Yeah. But I did appreciate a lot of the UI kit advancements that came out. Can we talk about iPad? I know we're at 37 minutes, but can we talk about iPad real quick? Uh, we can talk about iPad. There was one thing I thought that you were going to get real excited for, which is the new, oh. the new unified graphics workload, basically, across oh, every device. On Swift UI? Uh, is, it, is it a Swift UI thing? I think it might I think be. I it's more of a Swift UI thing. Oh, okay. Apple's had a really good unified graphics system. It's core graphics. You know core graphics. You love core graphics. It hasn't changed in 20 million years. That's why we love it. Um, they could do a little bit better. Maybe, maybe I just missed this. Um, but there was a little bit of difference between how core animation worked on iOS versus how core animation worked on AppKit. So no, may, this, maybe it's something along those lines. This one's, this one's different. This one, you need mm-hmm. to go back and watch the platforms because this was all about like games and high-end 3D rendering and oh, multi-frame rate blah, refresh. Blah. Okay. okay. No, I know exactly what you're talking about now. This was metal. 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 Yeah. Metal. Uh, I, I feel like maybe this is just the first time they brought it up, but this was the obvious direction they've been going in forever. They've been promoting all the metal APIs. They're like, if you want to write high performance stuff, you should be coding against metal. And this year, for some reason, they just made the very strong point. Hey, have you noticed <laughs> metal runs on all of our devices? We're like, yeah, Apple, it's all you've talked about for the last five years. Like, we get it. <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch cool. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, it's great. I love metal and it is a unified API. I absolutely, I hated it at first, but I've done enough neural network stuff on it. I've done enough graphic stuff on it that I actually appreciate it for what it is. So n- nothing against metal. Can we talk about iPad yet? Let's talk about iPad, iPad OS. <laughs> and in fact, you know, I've been thinking about uh, marketing recently and mm. you know, when they first announced iPad OS, everyone was like, that's just iOS for the iPad. It's the same thing. It's nothing different. But I've recently gotten a lot of questions and they're like, can you build an iPad OS application with C sharp? And I go, of course. They're like, can you build an iPad yeah. OS application with Xamarin or with Dynamic? Uh, I was like, absolutely. Marketing it's is a, killing us. <laughs> it's the same. So I think, I think I now need to go update the website and then make it say iPad oh, OS because right. it's not, but it's like now it's just a thing where it's like, it's a literally a different yeah. thing, but iPad OS, it got a lot of updates. Um, Frank, it's basically a computer. It's basically Mac OS. I mean, what are we, what's the percentage that we're at of, of 
singularity? Are we at 90%, 95%? Well, they held off. They held off. But let me let me tell you this. iPad got a main menu. Yes, it I did don't, get a main I, menu. <laughs> I don't I don't know where on the singularity that is, but it's up there. It also has better multi-windowing, so that's getting us a little closer to the singular. Um, and there was one more thing, and I'm completely blanking on it, but uh, the, they are resisting the singularity. I would say they did more work into iPad OS, and it needed it. It really did need it mm-hmm. than they did into Mac OS this time around. But for good things, um, can I, can we talk about multitasking? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's go. It's important to me because iPad multitasking is terrible. It just is. Yep. <laughs> they've tried to do it for like five years, tw- 20. I don't know how long they've been trying to do it, but it hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do it. No one knows how to do it. It doesn't. You got to like pause and wait sometimes and you don't know. It doesn't know what it's doing. I don't know what it's doing. <laughs> OK, it's terrible. They fixed it. They yep. really did. Yep. I've been running it on my device for just one day now. So this is a little bit of short notice, but just in one day of use, I've noticed it. How did they fix it, James? By putting a button where there should have just been a button. Yeah. Instead, we had like four finger swipes when there's a full moon from the edge. You know, you had all these like weird things you were supposed to do. And, you know, they added a button. And when you click the button, the button's like, what would you like to do? And you're like, wow, I would like to put the window to the right. And you know what happens when you tell it that? Goes to the right. Magic. <laughs> No guesswork involved. It went straight to the right. And then even better, you're like, but what will I put to the left? It slides the thing to the right a little so that you can go pick the thing that's going to be on the left. It's like Windows. I love it. It's a lot like Windows. <laughs> can, can we not get this feature for, for Mac OS, though? Because I'll tell you this much. I had to install I have to install an app to just do simple, you know, pinning to the left and right. It's my favorite. Yeah. My favorite part of Windows is taking Windows I'm shoving it to the left and right. Why does iPadOS have a better windowing system than macOS <laughs> at this point for, for snapping things? Because <laughs> they have this app drawer, they have the shelf, and then they also have the app switcher. Like I love, They also put it in the app switcher, which is cool because imagine you're in the app switcher. You can drag and drop one app onto another app instead of having to find the icon. And Hashtag finally. Oh. We've all tried. I would pick the icon up and I'm like, go in, go in. You should obviously go in and it would never go in. James, it goes in now. Everyone, install the beta. If you have an iPad, install the beta just for the task switching. It's so much better. Well, can I give you one other final thing on the singularity uh, thing? Is this, this is not final. We've got a long way to go on the singularity. <laughs> everything we just talked about is also available with keyboard shortcuts. Oh, it's true. They've th- That's actually a place where this impacts devs a lot. They changed how keyboard shortcuts work. Mm-hmm. So let's get into that real quick. Uh, what you would the what you do on an iPad currently? I don't know if you, if you ever did this uh, in your view controller. You would register key commands. No, did you ever do that? No. no, no. iPads don't have keyboards. Why would you need a key command? Exactly. Well, <laughs> they're actually kind of wonderful. And pro tip out there: if you ever have a hardware keyboard, you probably know this, but press and hold your command key, and a little dialog would come up with all the shortcut keys. Mm. And this would only happen if developers registered key commands with their, it was actually anything on the UI responder chain, but you know, like view controllers were the standard place to put it. Mm. Well, that's gone. 
Okay. <laughs> Don't do that anymore. Gotcha. <laughs> so put a giant if iOS, what are we up to? 15? 15. If greater than or equal to iOS 15, then do it this whole different way. You know what you do? You create a main menu that has submenus, which can have submenus, just like on macOS. And you know what happens now when you hold the command key, James? What? The main menu comes up. <laughs> I see it's that. It's lovely. It has a file and edit, a range, a view, and a, it's a whole thing. It's, it's basically... It's all grown up. The iPad is all grown up. We can build real apps for this thing. We have real multitasking. We can have a menu system in the app. I'm just so proud of the little thing. It's it's so lovely. It takes more organization because now you're going to have to, before you could just put these key commands anywhere and the UI responder would just pick them up. Mm-hmm. Now you have to be a little more diligent about what goes into your main menu and what doesn't. Um, you have to pay more attention to the enable and disabled states of things because it won't show the disabled items. So that'll clean up the menu. Mm. You want to, you want to make sure you do all that kind of stuff. The neat thing is if you have a Mac catalyst app and thanks to.net six, everyone is going to have a a Mac catalyst app. Then all of these actually translate very directly to the main menu of your app. So it all, the singularity is a calling. It's a happening. That was one theme definitely throughout uh, this because they kept putting up all the devices or they would put up things in which, and you can use it on all these, these devices or you can use it on all these devices. And mostly it was all the devices. And in fact, the one feature that I think is the killer feature, which is a Mac OS feature is the, what is it called? Con- con- continuous. Magic con- control. Magic control. They they uh, built a KVM. They built a good KVM. I use a KVM. This looks like a good KVM, which kind of frustrates me because I was kind of working on this app at one point in time, but I never finished it. So that's on me. Yeah. It's really cool. There are other apps that do this, but Apple, you know, they have all the system integration. They can do a really nice job of it. Mm-hmm. The idea is very simple. You have a monitor in front of you. You have an iPad or a laptop or something else. You move your mouse to the left side and it bounces on over to the other computer you can grab an icon and drag it over to your other computer that's the magic Mm -hmm. we had move your mouse technology it's the dragging an icon back to the other machine across the machine oh my god that was like that was showing off they dropped showing off they dropped an image from one application across a Mac OS that did not have that application onto an iMac into a different application. Oh, it just, it, it was, it was glorious. You know, there are some tech demos when you're like, where have you been my whole life? And that's <laughs> one of them. Yeah. They, I, I'm, it, that's a cool feature. Cause you know, I think a lot of people have sidecars set up or they have their Mac next to their, you know, iMac. And I think this is a really nice, nice addition. Um, that they're that they're adding here because a lot of the KVMs. In fact, my mouse has a KVM built into it. You can install the software. And I've done it on a Mac and this, and you can pair it with like Bluetooth to one and another one. You can you can put it there. It, it, it kind of works. You know, I and you keep saying KVM, and I, I honestly didn't even think of that use case. Just as an app developer, this is changing everything because I always have my iPad to the lower left of my monitor. 
And it's going to be so nice to just be able to test something. And this sounds pathetic, but anyone who's an app developer knows what I'm talking about. You always have to shift a little, go do something with your finger, yep. move back. Yep. It's silly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> now I can just swing the mouse on over because they've improved cursor support on the iPad. Have I mentioned how great iPad OS is getting? So they improved cursor support too. And honestly, James, I do not have good cursor support in my apps. And this is going to get me to test my cursor support in my app. So this is win, 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 win all around. You know what they didn't show, though, that was a little sad mm. is they didn't show an iPhone there. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. Talk about iPad versus iOS. It is becoming a little more distinct. For example, the way you open scenes mm. in your apps so scenes are when your app is presenting multiple user interfaces in the task manager. It mm -hmm. allows you to be a part of different um, sessions, I guess, are the technical term for the multiple desktops thing that they're doing. Yeah. Anyway, the way that you open a scene has changed a little bit on the iPad, but in scary ways where it's not really backwards compatible or anything like that. So we all have to be a little more careful about how all that happens in our apps. And honestly, I'm a little bit nervous about it because I had just implemented my scene support and they're like, well, the way you do it, it's going to be a little bit different because users can open up new scenes of your apps and your app can request to open scenes. Now, the neat thing is there is a new scene type that you can request and it's called important or... Look at me. I forget what it's called. <laughs> it's an option out there. <laughs> Shoot, what is it? Ah, oh, darn, whatever. It's it's look at me. Let's let's call it the look at me option. And even if you have two apps side by side, your scene will pop up like a modal dialogue mm. right between them. And this is completely different from how scenes worked in the past. In the past, every one of your scenes needed to be able to get back to the root of your application because each one of them basically was your application. So you may start your scene um, deep in your app, but the user has the ability to get back to the home screen of your app. With these ones, that is not true anymore. When they're done with whatever little bit of content you're presenting, the idea is you're supposed to just dismiss it. You can't get back to that. Mm. And so it's this whole different mode for how scenes can run on the iPad. The cool thing is if you're like a image preview app and you open your image preview in a scene now, instead of what would we have done before? We would have done a view controller before. We would mm. have pushed it up a modal one. If we were being fancy, we might have done a separate window. Now you can do a separate scene. And the cool thing about that is it shows up in the task manager and they can pin it to things and it shows up in, you know, all the other little things. So it's just a new way of how multi-windowing is going to work now yeah. on the iPad. Singularity. Singularity. And and I, I do think that uh, it's a good time you know, we're talking about developer stuff and I was, we're both .NET developers and, you know, we're excited for, you know, Xamarin.Forms and .NET MAUI and your .NET MAUI itself is, is a windowing system, has multiple windows and multiple things that can occur. So, um, that's exciting because that, that, you know, that came in because of desktop support, but <laughs> iPad itself, becoming more of a desktop is, is thinking about these things too. So it's kind of cool to see exactly how that all plays out with .NET MAUI launch and the windowing system that is there because you're right. I, we, I talk about the 
back in my day, I had a 320 <laughs> by 480 pixel device and that's all yep. I coded to. And I had, I had one view and it, it wasn't even, you know, um, and that's the things that I enjoy. The things get, get more complicated. Uh, you know, your app doesn't have to get as complicated if your app is, if your app is just connecting to a Bluetooth device, you know, and it, yeah. uh, is just showing displays a number displays <laughs> a number a star on yeah you, know, you have one you have a yeah you have two, one, two screens uh yeah, you, you don't have to go crazy on it um so <laughs> it's up to you and it, it you, happens. You, you need multi-scene support you got to put that number in multiple places Ooh. Uh, oh okay so i'm sorry so i i started on that whole ipad ramp because i wanted to make a distinction between ipad os and oh, ios yeah. go ahead so all that stuff that i just said like um the new way that you pr- should present images in your app, mm-hmm. all of that fails on an iPhone. Oh, no. <laughs> so you actually, because multi-scenes are not supported on iOS, period, full oh, stop. So you need two different code paths. So you are still going to have to present that view controller. But on mm. iPad, you should present a new scene. Yeah, it's like, so. you know how you know how we, we, when we used to create universal uh, apps for iPad and, and for... You'd, you'd have like two view controllers and you would mm-hmm. end the view controller with iPad and you would be like, mm-hmm. all right, well, if I'm on iPad, I'm going to create the iPad view controller. If I'm over here, I'm going to do this. We're back to those days is what you're telling me a little bit. Yeah. But the benefit here is, like you said, this is actually helping with desktop integration. So this also gives you a Mac Catalyst version. Ah. So, you know, in the past, I would have I would have made all those complaints and then I would have also had to write a Mac version. Now mm. I know. So... You know, I'll 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 take I'll take the changing API for the benefits of the platforms are getting very close to each other. Can we talk about the most important kit that came out that at a uh, WWDC? Ooh. Is there a new kit? Oh, I think I know, I know, but name it. Shazam kit. That's right, Shazam. Kit. Uh, <gasps> oh gosh, you're killing me. You're okay. Wait, hang on. This is appropriate. Okay, I need a beer for this one. <laughs> uh, Shazam Shazam Kit enables your application to recognize audio from millions of songs in Shazam's library, including um, you can build your own custom libraries, including is, uh, video, podcasts, and more. Shazam Kit. Is that like the epitome of an app? Like, okay, as an app developer, first you want some success. You want people to buy your app. Then maybe second level success is a company buys your app. Is third level success you become an API on the platform named what after your company? It's named after your company. <laughs> they didn't even call it like Sound Recognition Kit. No, they called it Shazam Kit. Well, they created a new word. They're entering that into the English lexicon, mm-hmm. I guess. And what if I told you, Frank, that Shazam Kit also has an SDK for Android? How nice is this based on perhaps another SDK once called the Shazam SDK that Apple somehow bought? What's going on here? I am so explain the business side to me, James. That's your role. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I do love that there is it's developer.apple.com slash Shazam kit slash Android. And it totally exists, um, you know, in there in, in Apple's ever increasing support for Android, like FaceTime on Android via the browser. Good one. Um, okay, that's awesome. How did we skip that? We have to say at least three words on it. Totally awesome. Finally, <laughs> I, it. whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, it's, here's the thing on Facetime. It's totally fine. awesome. Fa- fa- no, no. Here, no. Screen share. We didn't have screen sharing before. It was a missing feature. 
screen share is great because you and I can, we can just hop into it. Okay. Yeah, that's great. That makes it, we're on a dev thing. We're doing the thing. Yeah. Doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I'm at work. I'm not, I'm not using the FaceTime, but I will t- share play. Stupid. Um, um, <laughs> wait, let's at least say, because we're all developers here, share play. There is an API. Yeah. It seems complicated. Um, good luck with that. Yeah. I mean, those are the Disney's and the Netflix's of the world. Things yeah. Like that. but that's not me. But, um, all right. Okay. Okay. So send a link. I, you know, I kind of, li- I kind of like it. We use Google meet a lot. Um, just cause you can attach a link to a Google thing. Here's the thing that's really got me going on this whole thing. And we're going to consumer mode now. Um, I kind of want to use Apple email all of a sudden now, cause I don't use it. I just use Gmail, Yeah. but they got the blocking and they got the VPN system that they don't call a VPN, but it's a multi-layer <laughs> VPN system and the iCloud <laughs> pluses. And they got the, they got the things and the pixel blocking. And then they got the oh. FaceTime links that that's cool. FaceTime links, you know, everyone yeah. FaceTime and, it, and it's a link. You can schedule a FaceTime. Great. It's Zoom. I, they created Zoom. I honestly love it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you can tell like they started designing this just as the pandemic started and it yeah. took them two years to get it out. <laughs> These are all great features. Could have used them the last two years. So uh, nothing against them. They're actually really fantastic. You should be happy about the iCloud Plus because weren't you just complaining that you did not have enough HomeKit security cameras and now you're getting more HomeKit security cameras? Ooh, they really doubled down on HomeKit. So home, oh, and the wallet. So they they doubled down on the wallet and they have, you, you can put your ID mm-hmm. in the wallet. You can put your car keys, your house keys in the wallet uh that's really cool but yes home kit and all the systems in and around it are getting a big upgrade and new apis in and around home kit which is very very exciting uh to me as a developer and uh they're really trying to expand it because they put siri in uh other devices like they showed an echo beat which i have in the house which is cool and they're working on a unified open source like standard to work with other smart home uh, accessories with HomeKit <laughs> and matter accessories and all these thread things and whatnot, all these things. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. So I don't know if the current plan that I'm on the 200, 200 gig plan will get more devices, but I might just be upgrading to iCloud plus whatever. I, well, they said it's the same price. So I, I don't know, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. But- they were awfully confusing about the price because they were they did, were doing a sales pitch. They're mm-hmm. like they were making it sound like a premium service, and then they're like, "You're going to get all of this at the same price." You're like, "Okay, why is it a different name?" Go, yeah, do I have to click a checkbox? Was this just a weird marketing thing that some drunk person came up with? What 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 just happened here, Apple? Which is a little funny because they're usually so good about their marketing mm-hmm. that they they really missed this one. I think that one must have gone through committee a few times. <laughs> yeah, like you know, and 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 the thing with iCloud is like when you go to the apple.com website, you can't or I don't even know where iCloud is. You can't oh there, you have to scroll all the way to the bottom and it's under services, <laughs> you know, it's there. Yeah. They have uh, iCloud.com. That's a thing. You know, they don't even they don't even have anything about iCloud Plus. I don't know anything about it. All I know is I want more devices. Uh- and I will say, I did uh, the neat thing about installing the betas is all that stuff got turned on in my email. So all the images I downloaded in my email are going through some magic VPN thing. Mm. And then what was the second feature? The, well, the pixel blocking. They also have the random emails. The random the, emails. I random got that emails. one too. That's yep. pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. All right, I'm going to install all these betas. Maybe not. Uh, mm, uh, <laughs> every year. <laughs> what are you doing with your M1? You can't be like 
using that for daily development. I'll turn it on in the M1. Ooh, you know what? They also, they they Sherlocked an application that I installed on my Apple TV. They Sherlocked a lot of applications this year. They did. Um, The one that I'll mention first, you can talk about your Sherlock, is they, there's an app that I bought. It's very, very good. It's called like Cam, Cam Kit or Cam something. It shows all of your home kit video streams in a big grid. And it's, and it's cool. You can go through them. It's exactly what you want on your Apple TV because there is no home app on the Apple TV, even though it is the home hub. It's stupid. Um, mm. Because on my phone, I can go into the home kit app and see all the, the, the phones there, things there. Um, so I bought this app. It's five bucks. It works everywhere. It's fantastic. It's amazing. Well worth the $5. But they just built it. It's like, here's the app for free. And then they just built the app. And like, the, here's the home app. Uh, it was going to yeah. happen. That developer had to know, right, that that was going to happen. Yeah. For sure. Um, and all the apps that scan text in gone. an image, gone, gone. baked Ooh. into the main photos app. Every note app. I mean, we joke about yeah. notes, but like it's on the iPad. It's always, it's always, hard. On, it's, it's hard always to compete. There. Game yeah. over. I mean, I'm, we use Google keep a lot, but I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe we should just use this thing. Cause it's like pretty good. The photo search they said is getting better. I, I've run into it. Like it, it, it's always worked for things. If you say like beach, you know, it, it can find beach. But if you say anything more difficult than that, it usually kind of fails. So eh, whatever. The, the, the photos, ne- they're going to do it next year. They're queuing up to create an iCloud photos, Google photos competitor. I, you know, what they need is the ability to share albums and and do, you know, do things. Yeah. It's not quite there yet. Google Photos is still superior in, in very many ways. It's very good. But again, I'm paying Google tons of money. I'm paying Microsoft a bunch yeah. of money. I got to pay Apple a bunch of money. I got to pay everybody. I, I, my Dropbox, I refuse to pay them money. And I have like two gigs. And we use Zencaster to record this thing. And like every time we record a podcast, it's like, you're very close to going to your Max. And you're like, all right, <laughs> Dropbox, I'm not giving you money. But you know, darn it, I'm giving everybody money, Frank. <laughs> can't get away from it you got to use them all yeah <sighs> if, if you want to jump into privacy as uh d- did you like that transition during the video where he like opened a hole into the teenage mutant ninja turtles and then fell down the hole and that was the privacy area That's and funny. uh he put on his like dad dad voice mm-hmm. it was very that was, was kind of great Okay, let, let's end this thing. We're at an hour, but I'm going to end on the best thing announced at WWDC, the drunk detector. Your phone will now buzz you if it thinks you are walking unsteadily. Nice. So that should be hilarious to have turned on. <laughs> I thought maybe you were going to say that the upgrade to the nearby interaction API that now enables you to connect with accessories using U1 chip and ultra wideband. Oh. <gasps> Shut the front door. Did oh they my really? Gosh. Yeah, it's a brand new thing. Uh, there you go. I'll put it in there. Wait, and I'll, I'll just throw this in. I might even talk about it next week because I was super excited. But um, I got to do a WWDC Labs for the very first time Ooh. this time. And I got to talk to like a person. Wow. And they actually had like great information on everything. I forgot where I was going with that story. I did have a point to that story. I wasn't just bragging that I got to talk to an Apple engineer um nope it's gone what was, what was the workshop what was the thing the lab From what machine lab was learning it? uh ml compute which hmm. is a new api as of like last year hmm. so the documentation isn't super awesome 
and I just had some questions I just could not figure out on my own. I've I've crashed this process so many times. There were no more error messages to read. I just needed to talk to a developer. And it was great because everything that I tried, I was actually headed in the right path. Hmm. It's just, you know how it is when you don't know if what you're doing is correct. You're just second guessing yourself the entire time, especially if it's a difficult problem. Yeah. You're like, do I work through this or am I being an idiot right now? So it was just so nice to be able to ask someone, am I being an idiot? Like, is this actually how I'm supposed to do this? That was great. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. I, I did one of those at Google IO where I went and talked to a human being. That was that was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm in, I'm interested in is if I go to Apple.com and if, is my watch going to get Watch OS eight? I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is. Please let me know because I'm writing a new Watch OS eight app. <laughs> um, okay, I'm looking. Hold on, I'm looking. I'm scrolling. They changed the Bluetooth, how Bluetooth works on watchOS 8. So if anyone's maintaining one of those apps, the way they've actually enabled background Bluetooth for the first time. So now your apps can update uh, stuff on the watch face. If you have a complication, you can do that in the background now for the first time. So everyone, go rewrite your Bluetooth watch app because it's complicated. So watch the video first. <laughs> um, let me tell you. Uh, my watch lives another year, Frank. Yes. Series yes. three officially supported. Uh, not all features available on all devices, as one would <laughs> assume. Uh, let me just tell you, as I got watchOS 7, very minimal new features came to the watch. Uh, <laughs> and every time I upgrade, I have to unpair, do a backup, do a whole thing. But it totally works, and that's really good. Um, amazing. That's great. We only scratched the surface of dub dub dc there's so much more in there i there's you know you can, anyone can watch the, tw- the 23 minute video of this and that i'm shot to the object capture cool UI button oh object capture i'm releasing an app no one else release an app i'm releasing an app for that one shortcuts <laughs> on a mac uh-huh. um uh yeah we're all programmers here we don't really care we have bash for that we have scripts for that all right all right um what's Come your on, what UI? You what happened to ui button Oh, it's just hilarious how powerful that thing's gotten. Did you know it supports subtitles? Oh, I did not know that. UI button? Yeah. UI button has subtitles. <laughs> and you can control the alignment of all that stuff. It's kind of amazing. There is an entire 20-minute video on just UI button. And I'm like, wow, I could almost build a whole user interface inside a UI button. The neat things that have changed for it are if you've ever needed like a picker control on iOS... Remember the original picker? It's kind of terrible, the thing that you spin around. Well, UI button has gotten all these features, so it can be more like a drop-down menu on Hmm. Mac and things. And the neat thing is, if you adopt that, A, you're going to get a better UI because those spinner things are ridiculous. Mm -hmm. B, on Mac, it'll turn into a proper drop-down menu. Mm, On Mac Catalyst, I should say. Yeah. Nice. So really cool advancements to UI button. I, I find it hilarious that there is a whole presentation on button, but at the same time, like that's perfect for a developer conference. Like there should be whole talks on button. It's like the thing we use the most in our apps. Uh, so the the biggest things they covered are how to style your buttons, the new configuration styles that have come out. Um, it's it's really fascinating stuff. So UI button configuration, check it out. Welcome to 2021 buttons. <laughs> buttons. Uh, buttons. I mean, I love With a good subtitles. button. With subtitles. 
<laughs> you, you know, it, I mean, that's literally, you know, everybody's first app is a button clicker app. So it, it makes yeah. natural. Cause you know, the thing with the button is that a button is so the events on a button yeah. in, on not on, on not. everyone understands what a click event is or yes. a tap event. Yes. If you're trying to do a demo, I I was just doing a demo. I'm trying to get like we running on Maui. Like the very first app, of course, is going to be a button that increments a number. That exactly. is the standard mobile demo out there. You you know what um, doesn't make any sense for a button event? Uh oh, what do you got? Uh, touch up inside. <laughs> oh, ouch, ouch! Shots fired again. <laughs> now in in Swift UI, did they fix that? Yeah. Yeah, oh. it's called tapped. No, what is it called on Swift UI? Oh no, it's not called click. I'm pretty sure it's not called click. It can't be. Oh click. gosh, you got me. Okay, uh, I'm gonna. Oh, it might just be the default callback that's at the end. You know, it might not even have a name. Like maybe you don't use the name. In Button. Swift UI. Interesting. Action. <laughs> Delete. Action. That's see. That's better than clicked or tapped. Honestly. Uh-huh. action 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 yeah but what if you touch action. up outside <laughs> <laughs> you might want to handle that event james it's important yeah it is it um, it's never important that's why they got rid of it and changed it to action <laughs> action yeah and that's action nice. they were like we we refuse we <laughs> ref- take a side <laughs> you refuse to take it's, it's an action it's generic it says the action to perform when the user triggers the button how did they trigger, trigger the button? trigger <laughs> nobody knows <laughs> we're making fun because yeah we've tried to design ui libraries i have designed terrible ui libraries and it always comes down to what do you call that event on button it's a, what do uh, you call it <laughs> Well, and it's, it's also to be because it's, a, it's, there's a click and a clicked event. There's like on different UI stacks, a click and clicked. Oh, yeah, sure. The past tense versus present tense. Here's a funny one. Button is inherited from label. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Oh, you know what? I looked in Don and Maui. Don and Maui, a button also inherits from iText. Oh, yeah. There are more interfaces in Maui. Everything's an interface. It's, everything's an interface. Well, okay. Yeah. Everything's an interface, but you have your standard interface like iButton, but then they also have, and they don't have this one, but like iClickable, you know, they mm-hmm. have like more refined interfaces now. Yeah. I was just, I was making a, I was, I'm trying to make a code tour. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I'm trying to make a code tour for Don and Maui, the repo. So imagine you want to come in, you want to like contribute. You, it'll navigate you around and explain the repo and how things are organized. Oh. Um, okay and i've been exploring it myself because it's like I, i'm like here's a button and here's it's an kind of big yeah, it's <laughs> kind of big it's there's all these things and here's the handlers and this and that but i'm trying to trying to go through it and trying to understand it um, yeah but it's pretty cool stuff anyways um how would you rate wwdc 2021 frank uh I, apple you're getting a five stars it was mm. everything i wanted the app worked really well i got into my lab they didn't change anything in the OS requiring me to go rewrite my app this summer. Mm-hmm. So plus plus to that. So yeah, I'm giving them five out of five stars. You didn't get a new MacBook uh, Pro with ports or a new M1 chip though. <sighs> no so... hardware, but I, I don't expect hardware at Dub Dubs. And if they do hardware, it's usually not released until the fall anyway. So like, what's yeah. the point? Here's my um, Here's my thing. So far... Uh, 
I give I give it not a five, not a five out of five. But I think that the keynote because it did you see that transition where he jumped into the hole and then landed into the security area? I I saw that. I saw that. Now points awarded. Okay. Now also, if you want to look up the binding status of Xcode thirteen to Xamarin, you can check that out right there. Um, oh, they got the doc already. Yeah, That's it's already cool. up. Um, so <laughs> it's already up. There's not that many new APIs, but there's some. Yeah. So uh, here's the thing: is I kind of the keynote was long, and it yeah. was it was kind of too much consumer for me. That's why it's a developer. What? conference no we went through three hours of satya talking about dev velocity no satya, satya, satya's <laughs> keynote was like 15 minutes 20 minutes <laughs> okay it was wasn't out there very much either no tim cook was not out there but i think that the, the beginning part was, it was it was all of the updates to the os and it's and this developer related you got to know what you're getting yourself into but it was a, i would have preferred another 15 minutes of developer content in the keynote instead of the 20 minutes. I know, I know what you're saying, but then I had to wait four hours for the platform on demand session. Just like, give that to me. See, the one I'm going to complain about is the platform session. That used to be a wonderful, Mm. um, we're going to go over all the new technologies and give you little hints at it so that you know which sessions to go to next. Gotcha. For me, that was the letdown this year. The keynote has always been, here are the new operating systems, here are the new features of the operating system. That has always been the keynote. I know, I know, but but I'm just saying. But the State of the Union, that was the one for developers. The first one's for the media, Mm. second one's for developers. And this time they dropped the ball. But but the good news is they just released all the videos. So I've been able to sit back and just watch all the videos on my leisure they're not all one hour long with a lot of like hemming and hawing because every one of them has to be an hour long some are 10 minutes some are 30 minutes it's kind of lovely yeah five stars <laughs> five stars all right well let us know for a bad of. keynote you, how many stars did you take off for the bad keynote I'm, I'm undisclosed stars anyways let me know what you think of the wwdc keynote and the sessions and all the things uh, I mean, there's a lot of good announcements. It's it's a it's it's you know it's a vast contrast to Build that we talked about because Build is there's a there's a breadth of products and Apple is still building up its breadth of products, but they're still very focused. They only have one IDE, they have one programming language, you know, one you mostly one two. of everything, two, two, two. and one ish basically, uh, <laughs> at least that they're going to put in there. And then they are broadening their services, but there's still a lot of con- consumer in there, which is which is fine. But there's some things that I don't, they're product announcements, and that's also fine. I know, but they're, they're, they're different. Where I Google ISO sits in the middle somewhere, which is also fascinating too. It's They're all, I love, I've loved the experiences mm-hmm. of all of them so far. Um, Apple, you did great. You did great. I love your videos. So much motion, so much portrait mode blurring in the background. It's all great. Um all right, Frank. I mean, talking talking about singularity, Apple is in the cert dev services thing now. So now we're getting singularity across companies. They're all kind of selling the same products. So that's getting weird. It's all so happening. It's, it's all services. Buy our services, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> money, money. Oh, you know, um, you should, I think Marco, ding, put out a blog post, kind of a rant on Apple. I'll see if I can find it. You should, you should go. Uh, Marco ranting about Apple? Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, 
He made tech. Oh, no. he made I, whole... I, I, I've been listening to ATP. He's been very clear on his thoughts, but yeah, I don't agree with everything. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I don't know. It's I'm in a good. I'm in a good mood this year, man. I'm rocking the betas. <laughs> I'm in a great. I'm in a great mood. I'm in. I'm in. My mood is great, Frank. I'm in no bad mood <laughs> at all. Um, you know, but 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 between Google enabling me to properly request Bluetooth on my Android devices without having to do a uh-huh. location pop up, <laughs> and um, Apple enabling me to 3D scan a bicycle and put it into my application. So it's a mm-hmm. 3d spinning of, of a bicycle, um, while you have a number floating on top of it or ooh, important for all apps. What if it was a flywheel, right? So the big wheel on the front mm-hmm. and I could mm-hmm. rotate that 3d flywheel that I've, I've made a 3d version of in the, in the velocity in which you're rotating now available. I think you should. Yep. Now available. You're mm-hmm. welcome. Or it could just be your head spinning. Either we can scan your head. Yeah. You know yeah. the coolest part of that kit is that they can also do underneath, so because they enable you to to mm-hmm. to to look underneath. Obviously. Did you see yeah. my tweet? I scanned my shoe. What? Okay, let me look. I did. I did not do underneath though because I was being a little bit lazy and I wasn't sure any of it was going to work. And the funny thing was, you had to have all the betas installed to get the whole thing to work. So I was waiting for all the progress bars to go by. I'm like, I'm going to take pictures of my shoe. Look at that. And then I, yeah, and it turned out kind of amazingly good. Wow. So that's why I'm building an app to do it because their thing is good and it needs the UI. That's cool. So no one compete with me. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in to this extra strong, extra long and strong, extra wow. long edition. It's late now. It's 840. It is. Um, anyways, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.